Would you stand with us this morning? We're here to praise you this morning, Lord. Yeah.
Amen. Good morning. If you came to celebrate, praise, and lift up the name of Jesus, you're in the right place this morning. Can we put our hands together and give him praise? Thank him for his goodness and mercy. So glad that you're here this morning, this incredible day here at Stratford Heights. We want to welcome you here. It's going to be an incredible day of ministry, a powerful day, and you chose the right place to be this morning. God is going to speak to you and touch you. If you're a visitor today, we just want to tell you something from the bottom of our heart. Thank you for visiting with us today, and we believe, we believe that you're home today. We believe that you found a church that you can get involved in. Get your families involved in. We're so glad that you're here this morning. If you are visiting or have been visiting, there is a, a meet and greet. Our pastor wants to meet you and get to know you a little bit better and, and talk to you. Uh, as soon as service is over, 11 o'clock in the bookstore. So we want to meet you in there. Free food. That's just a good amen all the time right there. And so we just uh, we want to get to know you and, and hang out with you for a little while. We're so glad that you're here today. If you would, with me over the next song, would you get out in the aisles, shake hands with one another, and tell each other how much you love them today, and you're so glad to see them. God bless you. Thank you for being here. Oh, I was just living day to day. I was lost. I couldn't find my way Oh, but everything Everything changed Now nothing Nothing is the same He is my rock He's my rock Everything, everything. 
shaking hands before you are seated this morning we want to go before the Lord in prayer as you know this has been a very difficult week for our church family we uh, have several families that are hurting today we have several from the Robinson family Marvin Robinson Robertson went on to be with the Lord this week and his family is here this morning and we laid him to rest this week also, the, the Bates family and the Locke family are here today, and they, uh, they lost a loved one. It was a, a father and a grandfather, Cecil Rose. Wonderful homegoing service yesterday at the Union Road Pentecostal Church. And man, did they have church. It's always different. The Bible says, we don't sorrow like the world sorrows, for we have a hope and an anchor in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. It doesn't say we don't sorrow. It just says we don't suffer like they do. Because we have hope. And of course, we need to uh, address a, a major hurt and concern in our congregation. The tragic loss of Brother Duran Atkins. And Jennifer, who is in the hospital, who has been stepped down uh, from ICU. And uh, is doing much better. Amen. I see Trevor and Diamond are back there. This is Jennifer's son and uh, Duran's stepson, and we're glad that they are here with us representing their family today. They've been living at the hospital for a solid week, and uh, so I, I appreciate them being here. They're, they're wonderful. Their family is just absolutely wonderful. 
I've never seen such courage and strength. It was just last Sunday morning, nine o'clock service, where Duran was sitting right about where Trevor's sitting right now. He had no idea, and we didn't, that we need to cherish and love one another, amen? Never take one another for granted. But we're gonna talk a little bit about that in a few minutes, but for right now, we're praying. We're going to go to prayer for the Atkins family. We're going to pray for the Robertson family and the Rose family. We're gonna pray for your needs as well. How many of you have a need in your family? You want that known? We believe we can take all of these needs to God in prayer and that we know he hears us. He's a God of great deliverance for his children. And so we want to bring every need. It's amazing to me. I couldn't pray for all of your needs in just a few minutes, but we can sure take every need right to the Lord. And that's what's awesome about our God. I want to tell you a little bit about what's happening this after, starting this afternoon with the three different funerals that we've had this week. It's been, as you can imagine, going back and forth from hospitals to nursing, or to funeral homes and services. And so we've, we've had to kind of make an exception, and I hope you'll, you'll agree. The Wednesday night's crowd was 100% unanimous, but we, uh, we decided in lieu of our evening service that we would honor the life of Duran Atkins and that we would have his visitation here this evening from 5 to 8 p.m. In doing that, it's, it not only ministers and helps this family, but it, it, it helps us as a church as well to be able to navigate through uh, the difficult days that we've had. So this evening, we'll be honoring Duran. Sometimes when you just say his name, you know, it just kind of hits you all over again. All of us are hurting no more than those two right back there. But we're praying for our church family. Unfortunately, we've, we've been here, and how many of you know we'll probably be here again? Because this is a fallen world. This isn't heaven yet, but you know what's really awesome? Duran is alive and well right now in the presence of God. And you know what? I just kind of feel like the Lord is letting him see how we're honoring him. He wore more bandanas around his head than anybody I ever knew. And he loved those things. And so several folks came up with the idea and said, hey, you know what? Let's all wear them today. And so we're wearing them in honor of him. If you don't have one and you wanted to pick one up, I think they might have some more left. We're going to wear them today for the service, for the visitation, and we're going to wear them tomorrow for the funeral service. So if you don't have one, you can just get a, a bandana of any kind. Um, but you're certainly welcome to pick these up. We've, we've ordered several hundred, so hopefully there'll be, there'll be plenty left, although they've been going quick. We want to honor Duran Atkins. And so the service will be tomorrow, Monday, at 12 noon giving some of you an opportunity if you wanted to be able to take your lunchtime to come by and if you couldn't get off work maybe you could be here for the service so we're going to do that tomorrow we're going to pray for these families we're going to pray for you we're going to pray for the state of israel and we're going to pray for needs as our ministers are coming into the altar now our prayer warriors if you'll make your way into the altar if you'd like special prayer you're welcome while we pray to step forward into the altar and we'll believe and pray the prayer of faith with you 
right now, let's pray for these families. Let's pray for the state of Israel. Let's pray for the United States of America. How many of you know we need a revival in America? Amen. Let's pray together. You, you're welcome to come forward. Father, we come to you this morning. And Lord, we come with heavy hearts. We come knowing that you're a God of great peace, that you're a God of comfort. Lord, we are amazed that you are ever-present help in the times of our trouble. You show yourself mighty and powerful on our behalf, and we honor you for that, Lord. I pray that you will touch each of the needs that are represented in this house today. Touch every heart and every life, every hand that was lifted up. We pray in the name of Jesus that you will minister, Lord. We're covered by the blood. We're underneath the covering of our Father. We honor you today and ask you for healing, for strength, for deliverance. We're asking you for provision, asking God for favor and blessing. In the name of Jesus Christ, renewal and restore. And we thank you for it, Lord, as we give every need to you. We're praying especially for these families that have lost loved ones, God. We pray for the Locke family, for the Bates family. We lift them up to you and pray that you will touch each of their hearts that are broken in the loss of their loved one. Touch them, God, as Brother Cecil Rose went on to be with the Lord. We ask your blessings over his family. Be with them and touch them. And Lord, for the Robertson family, we pray over the family of Mervyn and the Robertsons. We ask you to touch them, minister healing and strength and grace to them, comfort in the time of difficulty as we never fail to give you the glory and honor. And Lord, we, pray, we pray that you'd touch the Adkins family. God, that you would minister to their family for Jennifer and for the kids and for Vicki and for uh, his children. We ask you to touch them and minister by your Holy Spirit. Let the work of comfort and grace be there that is promised in the Word of God. We're believing you today and understanding, God, that we trust you. We place this tragedy, this hurt in your hands, and we know you're a God of great compassion. So we pray over them today. Give Jennifer strength. Continue to heal and touch her body physically. Lord, meet every need in her heart and life. And we ask it in the name of Jesus. We give you honor and praise and glory for your peace, your love, your comfort. And Lord, your joy that will return to hearts that are grieving and hurting today. We ask you, Lord, as we also now pray for the United States of Israel or United States of America. We ask you to touch and minister to our country. Touch every state, touch every troubled city. Minister, God, to your people and bring peace to our hearts. Touch this country with a revival. Lord, we know the answers won't rely and be in the Senate and the Congress or in government authorities. Lord, we believe and know true peace comes from the presence of Almighty God. We ask you to minister to your people and bring a great revival, a move of God in our country. You've done it before. And Lord, we're claiming it done now in these perilous last days that you'll touch your people, minister to our country. And Lord, we pray for the state of Israel. We ask you to continue to bless and keep your hand upon her. Guide and direct her every step. As we honor you and we bless you and we thank you, Lord, for protection. Keep your hand on her governments. Keep your hand, Lord, on her to bring goodness and treasures of godliness to her. I pray for the Messianic believers who are preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ in Israel. May they be blessed and comforted and strengthened. And Lord, we will never fail for all of these things to give you the thanks to give you the praise and you the glory. For it's in the mighty, matchless, omnipotent name of Jesus Christ that we pray, that we praise and that we honor and we thanks in giving you the glory today. 
we're thankful. In Jesus' name, and everyone together said amen. Amen. God bless the Lord and honor the presence of Jesus in this house.
just praise him right now. There's power in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated for a few moments. Our ushers are coming to serve you this morning as we do. We, are, we have the opportunity to give and to worship God with our gifts. I want to thank you for the way that you love our missionaries around the world. Today in your gift, you'll be giving to South America, to Africa, to Australia, to Eastern and Western Europe. You'll be giving to Alaska, and you'll be giving to the United States. In all the different ways, your gift today will bless others. It's amazing that we can be a part like that, that God allows us through that gift. Now, I'm not asking anyone to get on an airplane and go to these places. But we are supporting and helping others who are there already. And as we support them, we help them. We're a part of the harvest that God is bringing through their ministry. So we pray for them and we support them. We also are very thankful for those who continually, continue to bless and to touch the work here at Stratford Heights. For how that God has blessed us through you, through your faithfulness, through the tithe, that you are in obedience to God, you've chosen this as your storehouse. And so our responsibility is to take care of that. So we're all in this together. And as we are, let's praise God and thank God that he keeps us, that he guides us, and that even in the midst of our trials, he is the ever-present help in the time of our trouble. Can I get an amen out of this crowd? Amen. Father, we come to you this morning and we thank you for the privilege and the opportunity to be used. In this offering today, we pray for the loose offering that goes to world missions. I pray that it will be more than sufficient for the needs that people have in these remote areas. God bless the kids we're working with through Kathy Swift in Africa. Thank you for the work that's happening in Europe, Eastern and Western with Christian Swift. Lord, we thank you for South America and the many different missionaries, but Todd and Rondo who are working through Paraguay, our work in Ecuador, and our work, Lord, in Colombia. We ask you to bless and touch each of those places in needs. And Lord, we pray for Israel as we did earlier, the needs, the missionaries that we're supporting there. Pray for Alaska, and we pray for the United States. We ask that you will bless each and every missionary, touch our work together here in our community in Middletown, God, may this church forever be a lighthouse set on a hill that can't be hid. May we continually be compassionate for outreach and to reach into this community's hurts and be a part of the answers that they need. God, we pray these prayers, believing and knowing that you're a God who answers prayer. So we thank you for the opportunity we give today knowing that it's blessed and you are honoring us to be a part. In Jesus' name, amen. Send down your glory. 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 Sing it. Send down your glory, send down your glory, send down your glory. 
I do not know just why he came If that don't stir you up and get you thinking about heaven, I don't know what will. Amen. Give it up for the choir. Didn't they do a good job? Give it up for the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who we're singing about. Amen. Wow. Good job. Do you not know that I am a God of great power? I am in your midst in this moment. You must lean upon me and look to me. As I led my children through the wilderness, I will lead you through times of darkness and confusion. Trust and know that I am a God who is on the throne. I am the Lord. I am powerful and I am a mighty God and I am able to bring deliverance. I will guide you and direct you into my glory you shall descend for I am going before you and I will go to make the crooked places straight. 
but you must trust in me, have faith in me, and be that light for me in these last days, says the Lord, and I will show you my glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I feel like saying with the psalmist David, if you would stand with me all over the congregation, say this with me. You know it. The Lord is my shepherd. Say it with me. We won't do a responsive. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still. He makes me walk in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. My cup runneth over, you anoint my head with oil. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Amen. He's the good shepherd. He's the good shepherd. I love that part which says, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell. How many of you are going to dwell in the house of the Lord forever? If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Job chapter 1, verse 1. Entitled the message this morning, Looking for Gold. Looking for Gold. While you're turning in your scripture, I want to say thank you to all of those who came out yesterday. Hope you noticed that the church looked awful beautiful outside and in. A lot of folks came by here to volunteer their time to help clean, sweep, cut, trim, shred, and take care of God's house. And I appreciate all of you who came and worked so diligent and hard with the funerals that we've had over this weekend. I was not able to be here. I'm usually always here. But I couldn't be here yesterday. But you didn't need me. You took care of business. And I appreciate so many of you that came and gave of your time. Job chapter 1, verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, and that man was blameless and upright, and one who feared God and shunned evil. Wow. I want to jump down to verse 6, kind of give you a synopsis of the story. Most of you know it. Perhaps some of you don't. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came in among them. And the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? So Satan answered the Lord and said, from going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job, that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man? One who fears God and shuns evil. And of course, in the story, Satan then begins to accuse God and says, well, you've favored him. You've blessed him. You've put a hedge of protection around him. You've given him all kinds of blessings. And 
he, he, if you ever touched any of that in his life, if you ever just, just laid your hand on it for a minute, he'd turn around and curse you and die. And God looked down into the life of Job for just a fraction of a second, looked right back at the devil and said, go ahead. Touch his life. But you can't have him. And in that experience, and in that testing, and that trial that Job had to go through, there was a precedent laid for generations that over 4,000 years later, you and I would be talking about it on a Sunday morning. What Job went through was a precursor to what others will go through in this life when there is suffering, when there's tragedy, when there's hurt, affliction, and pain. As a pastor, this is one of the hardest messages I believe I've ever prepared to preach. We've all walked aisles and walked hallways and stayed up all night with these kids the other night. We were devastated and full of sorrow. And I said, God, I have to preach Sunday. And it was about 5 o'clock in the morning the other day when I woke up. And the Lord spoke those words back to me. He said, have you considered my servant Job? And I said, oh yeah, we all know Job, but Job's a special case. He's like, no, he's not. No, he's not. But you know, in the midst of it all, I want you to follow me now. We're going to read the text. I'm going to let you sit down. Job 23, verses 8 through 10. This is the meat of the text. Job had lost everything in the midst of the fire of his trial. We hear these words ringing down through generations and thousands of years all the way into service this morning. Giving all of us hope, giving all of us an example. Something we can hold on to in a day like we're having this week. Behold, Job says, I go forward and he's not there. I go back. I cannot see him. On the left hand where he works, I, I cannot behold him. He hides himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But then here's the words that I want you to get this morning. But he knows the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Those words right there, my friend, will take you through every trial, every fire, affliction that you find yourself in. Wow, Job, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I don't see him anywhere, he says. I look in front, I look in back, I look around, I, I look all around me to the left and right and I cannot see him. I don't know where he is, but I know that he sees me and he knows the way that I take and when I get through this Trevor I'm coming out is pure gold I'm coming out on fire I'm coming out pure I'm coming out strong I'm coming out as a warrior and a champion for God so watch out devil you make accusation but you're going down because Job is still preaching 4,000 years later God had put his confidence in Job 
Hallelujah. And God has got confidence in you and me. He's got confidence in his children. Do you believe it? Say amen. 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 Lord, we come to you. Help this preacher. Help me, Lord. Help these folks, these precious folks who are hurting today. Touch us together, Lord, as we bring ourselves to you. Feel like Job. Feel like we're sitting in the sackcloth and ashes. And though we don't see the purposes and we don't understand some of the mysteries, God, we know that you see us. We know that you know where we are. And God, we know that when we get through this, there'll be no reckoning with the body of Christ in its full strength and stature. In the name of Jesus Christ, touch us today. Amen, amen. You can be seated. Where else could we go in a time of great trouble, and turmoil, and trial, suffering, loss, than to go back 4,000 years to something, a story, a, a historical event that took place in the life of, of, of Job that speaks to us even now. The subject of an undeserved suffering saint. A holy servant of God going through affliction. It's as relevant today as it was back then. And that's why it speaks to us all these years later. And all the same questions that Job had, we have today, don't we? How many times do I as a pastor hear folks say, where is God when I'm hurting? Why so much suffering in the world? Why does it seem like the wicked prosper while the righteous tend to suffer? We ask these questions and we are troubled sometimes with, with what we don't understand about God. As a pastor, that early 5 o'clock morning, the Lord led me in the direction to look at Job for us because this is a Job experience. This is tragedy. This has been a tragic hurt to our church and to our families, our friends. This is something we, we need God's comfort and we need His grace. We need Him to speak to us and He has answers for us for, for Jennifer, for the kids, for Vicki who was here this morning at the 9 o'clock service, Joran's mom who attends our services and we continue to pray for her alongside of this family. They're all so broken but we also pray for our church. We're suffering. Everybody that's got one of these, I didn't see too many dry eyes this morning. I cried with the media director. I've cried with, with, with several other members of the church, several who stopped me in the hall or stopped me in, in my office. And they, they're just broken. People are broken today. We understand that. And so as a pastor, I, I'm saying, God, where do we go from here? How, how do I preach today and how do I preach tomorrow? Why? Why? I think we look into the, to the story of Job, the history of Job, and we find some answers that bring us to a place of solid faith, solid trust. Why? Last Sunday morning, we've seen, we've seen signs all around the mystery of this trial, this persecution, this tragedy. We've seen the hand of God while we've seen the hand of tragedy and what we would consider some some folks say you know well this is all the devil's doing well I believe the devil has a lot to do with things in this world 
But I believe that we understand and know in order to have a solid faith in God, we got to understand that God allows things to take place. Now listen, we're going to talk grown-up stuff here today. If you're, if you're a baby and you don't want to grow and you want to stay emotional and you want to stay messed up and little in your walk and you're not ready to be a tree planted by the waters of God, you're not ready to grow up and mature in God, then you might want to slip out. I might need to put a warning on this message. We're going to talk about some hard things and some things we have to embrace and know if we're ever going to get through this place and become pure as gold. Pure as gold. Why? Last Sunday, when he sat right over here with Jennifer and Michaela, why in that nine o'clock service when the Lord led me to preach on living life with no regrets? In that service, we talked about what if this was your last day? What, who do you need to speak to? Who do you need to talk to? Who do you need to go and pray with? Who do you need to forgive? What's going on in our lives? We all live with these what ifs. What if we did this or did that or went down this path or that path? Or I spoke all those things as we talked about living our life with no regrets. And I looked right over at Duran and I called his name in the service. And then it wasn't very long. I called Jennifer's name in the service. Then I called Michaela's name in the service. And if Trevor had been able to be here, I'm sure I would have called his name as well. Because God was up to something. Called their names out as we talked about living your life with no regrets. Facing tomorrow, not knowing who will be. I even said at one point in the service, we don't know who won't be here next Sunday. Wow. I didn't plan that. It wasn't in my notes anywhere. But how many of you know God was letting us know he's in this. We got to find him in this somewhere. We got to understand what's going on here. Jennifer talked with her yesterday and confirmed that she had had an encounter meeting a few days prior to to the weekend. And she, in talking with the ladies in her encounter group, she was talking to them about, hey, lady, we've got to be sold out, committed, dedicated. We're going to serve God no matter what, no matter what comes our way, no matter what kind of trials come our way. She said, you you might lose your health. You might lose your your husband. She said, you might might lose a limb. You might might have to go through life with troubles. If you lose your health, are you still going to serve him? And with tears in her eyes, heralding those women together for the encounter, she said, I want to be a person of God that will stay faithful through it all no matter what. I don't claim to understand all all the ingredients of what God is doing, Brother Orville. I don't know why we sit in tragedy at times. I don't know why we're there, but I do know this. He's not far from us. He's not far from us. And if we'll have the faith that Job had this morning, we'll have some answers that will help us to carry on. Job said, I don't see him in front of me. I don't see him behind me. I don't see him to the left or to the right. But I know he knows where I am. He sees me and he will take care of me. And when I come through this, Jennifer, with tears in her eyes in the hospital room yesterday, she said, well, I'm going to have to live that out now. And I said, yes, you are. And we are going to have to live it out too. It takes some grown-up faith. Only immature folks won't get that. It takes a grown-up faith. 
to trust in the Lord through it all. Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. What? What? We're talking about faith that you don't see very often. I mean, we are the mamby-pamby crowds these days. We're all just so babyfied. And, and if the winds are going right and if the rain ain't falling and if everything's going our way, man, we're good with God. The moment it rains on us, the moment we have a little trouble or a little flat tire in life, man, we go bonkers and we get crazy and got to go left and right. We literally are living in a day where people are not solidly rooted in the love and the power of God Almighty. We live these days where we're knocked to and fro, tossed back and forth by our emotions and by our feelings. I'm talking about a faith that'll stand the test of the fire. Talking about a a faith that'll stand the test of the flood. The kind of faith that'll cause you to stand if the devil himself comes after you. That's a grown-up faith. And we've got to have it this morning. Because like the disciples who were standing with Jesus when many who couldn't take the heat were leaving Jesus and Jesus said, Will you go also? Will you leave me also to his disciples? Peter jumped up. Peter was always the one. He jumped up, looked at him, and said, Lord, where else would we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Where else would we go? Where else would we turn? Where else would we run? Where are we running to? I want to be the kind of person that when the heat is on, I'm not running from God. I'm running to God. That's what Job was. He set the example of someone who's running to the Lord and not not away from him. So what is the connection between God's goodness and our pain? We know afflictions come. Hey, if you you hadn't yet learned that, if you hadn't read that part in the Word, let me me give you a a little lesson here. Psalm 34 and 17, the righteous cry, and the Lord heareth and delivereth them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart, and saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many, many, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. Out of them all. Isaiah 48 and 10 says, Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. All throughout the scripture we're told, Jesus said, The world will hate you. They will lie on you. They will terrorize you. They will torture you. They will come after you. He said, But be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. How many of you know we are overcomers through Jesus Christ? We're overcomers now, not just in the good times, not just when everything's okay. We were overcomers at the hospital the other night. We'll be overcomers when we walk away from the cemetery tomorrow. How many of you know that? We'll still be overcomers tomorrow. We're overcomers in this life because our God is still on the throne. Job's words have endured for generations. He knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. Many of you have spent time in the furnace of suffering. I'm looking at people that have been in the furnace. 
people that have been in the fire, people that I, I, I got to tell you, and I don't mean to bring it up, but I'm telling you, Orville Robinson shows me a man like Job who has stood through the fire, and he will not go left or right, but he's going to stay true and stay faithful. He said it in the hospital, and he said it best. He said, I've been preaching it for 53 years. If it's not good now, it was never good then. He was hanging on to every bit of the faith he'd ever preached in all of his life, and you know what? He's here on a Sunday morning in his suit and his tie and he's praising and worshiping his God. You know why? Because God said, Orville, when you've gone through the fire, you'll come out like gold. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Looking for gold. Looking for gold. Well, that first thing we obviously know is the first thing we got to understand if we're going to understand tragedy and trouble in our lives and really get a hold of this and grow up. I'm talking about a church that's going to be grown up after today. If we'll all receive this, we're going to be adults in Jesus. And that's what we want. He says, Paul said, for this reason I bow my knees unto the Father. That you being rooted and grounded in the love of God, that you would know the width, the length, the height, the depth of his love. And understand and comprehend with all the saints who he is in his love. That knowledge of God is what's going to set you free, me free. This church, it'll set it on fire. Duran, you know, I, I thought about this. All of us have been so broken and we've been sad and we've been walking around like this. And, and in the first service, the Lord just showed me a picture of Duran standing around the balcony of heaven looking down going, what is your problem? I know him well enough. He'd be like, man, this is awesome. This is great. You ought to see what I'm seeing. You ought to smell the smells I'm smelling. You ought to be touching the things that I'm touching. I can't believe where I am. Hey, this is what we know when the word of God says, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. Guess what? Duran is all completely covered by God's promise this morning. And he's more alive in this moment than he's ever been in all of his life. I'm telling you. We understand and we know this. We know this, but there's some things we got we to gotta take with us. He knows the way I take. God sees you. He knows the way that we take. God sees us. It's easy to lose sight of the fact that God's presence is with us. He was with them on the road. He was with them at the hospital. He's with you. He's with me. When we go through our fires of affliction, you may be going through your own time of darkness right now. You may be having... A, 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 personal fire fire trial you're in a furnace of affliction you may be going through that this morning if you are you hold fast to the promises of God hold fast to the truth of God he's not going to leave you he is going to when you come through this thing you're going to be shining like pure gold you'll be stronger than you've been before you'll be more sharp and than you've ever been every trial and trouble and every stumbling block the enemy or the world or even God has allowed to step into your path is going to make you the, the, the challenging warrior of God, the gladiator of God that you need to be. You're going to be different when you've come through it. We lose, we lose sight sometimes of the presence of God. Maybe you've just come out of the fiery furnace. Maybe, maybe you're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Then hang on to your hat. 
Because if you haven't gone through it or if you're not coming out of it, you're, you'll go through it eventually. Sooner or later, we all go through the fiery furnace of affliction. I've learned in my life some of the greatest ministry preparation, some of the greatest ways that I've ever been used to help others has been through the pain and the affliction that I've went through. I've seen in others some of the greatest impacts I've seen Christians make in ministry. It's been from the deepest part of their own lives and hurt. They've suffered and they know how to minister to others who've suffered. They have had to be comforted by God and by others. And that has caused them to be a comfort and a strength to others. Telling you what you go through, it's God trusting you that you'll be able to be used. Sin is purged out of our lives. We are made pure. It's like the old refining gold idea. You know the reason why I believe the word of God allowed the writer of of Job to, to literally place that gold reference that when you've come through the fire you shall be like gold pure as gold is because it's amazing that that process is still the same after all these thousands of years and so it's the same process for you and I we go into those gold mines and we see the gold flecks and we see the minerals and the ore and the dirt that's all up in there you just see little fragments of gold in there and you know you found the gold mine but you have to pull that stuff out you dig it out and what do they do to this day they still run it through the heat they run it through the fire and when they get it hot 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 enough it literally burns out all the other stuff how many of you know the trials and the troubles of our lives are meant to cause us to be purified in God and to take out all the dirt and all the junk and all the chaff and all the things that hold us back and keep us down it's there to give us victory in everything that we do so that when we stand before God we have come forth as gold pure in his presence Jesus even cried out on the cross even he felt God, where are you? My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So if Jesus can feel that way, it can't be sinful. But we've got to put our eyes on him. It didn't take much for the Lord to look right up into the heavens and say, forgive them. For they know not what they do. Job said in Job 23 and verse 3, he said, oh, that I knew where I might find him. He knew that if he could just get in, if he could just tap into the presence of God. I challenge you today, in your worst trials and troubles of life, let's just say you're living your life and you're making choices and decisions. Where you do it is the same place you do it if you're in affliction. And that is in the presence of the Lord. You have got to get a hold of the real genuine presence of God you've got to get a hold of the spout of the glory where God lives and you've got to touch that hem of his garment if you will in the intimacy of prayer you've got to know that God's with you that God's there with you and he's going to take you through and out you've got to always know the presence of God Job knew that he said oh that I knew where I might find him that I might come to his seat I would present my case before him and fill my mouth with arguments. I would know the words which he would answer me and understand what he would say to me. A true mark of the child of God is not that you run from the Lord. A true mark of a faithful child of God in the worst of your trials, in the worst of your troubles. I loved as I went to the hospital and I was there yesterday. 
to, to see the family. And, and Jen had two of her Bibles there. And she was doing her Bible study. One's for Bible study and one's the other one she uses for, for I don't know, for like just reading. And she had them both there. And when we're in our talk together, what I loved about her and her testimony is simply this. She is determined to find God in this. She doesn't understand. She doesn't know why. She doesn't have uh, really a plan in motion about how she moves forward. But I heard over and over and over again, God's got a plan. God's got a purpose. I'm going to find it. That is what I'm talking about today. That's the kind of faith that Job had. That's the kind of faith you got to have. you got to be determined that the enemy can knock you sideways. He can cause you to be perplexed and distressed, discouraged, and even feel defeated. But you will stand up. He may knock you down today, but you'll get right back up every time. And you will face that devil, and you'll declare to him, I am victorious through Christ. cried out. He wanted God. He had to find God. He wasn't seeking attention from people. He wasn't seeking a conversation from everybody. Wasn't seeking to get pity and sympathy and all those things that sometimes we do. Job had already had it with his friends. He had already had it. His wife said, curse God and die. His friends got down the sackcloth. Oh, you'll always have those folks. I just don't know why this has happened to you, Job. Surely you did something wrong. Surely there's just something wrong, Job. What's going on? What's wrong with that church? What's wrong with that, pe- that preacher? Isn't he praying safety over you? What's wrong with all your friends? Aren't they praying for you? Why are you going through this, Job? Job didn't want anything to do with all that mess. He looked up to the sky and he knew his God was bigger than any trial or trouble he had going on. He knew God had an answer somewhere. He said, he is my God. He weighs all the earth. He remembered the scriptures that talked about the stars and the moon and the planets. He knew how big his God was. That's why he said, if he chooses to slay me, if he chooses to let me die, if he decides I'm done on this earth, I will yet trust him and serve him. He was saying, this life means nothing to me if I can't be in the presence of Almighty God. He was determined he would not let anything. He said, I won't turn in anger against God because of my circumstances. Though he slay me, I will trust him. Let him do with me what he will. I will still seek to get near him. And then he went on and says, oh, that I knew where I might find him. I can't see him, but it doesn't matter because I know he sees me. Charles Spurgeon said, God is too good to be unkind. He's too wise to be mistaken. So when I can't see his plan, when I can't trace his hand, I will trust his heart. It was Hagar in the Old Testament in Genesis 16. She named God. She gave God a name because she found herself. She had fled from the house of Abraham and Sarah. And she was out in the wilderness in the desert walking around. Found herself a spring. Was sitting by the spring when the Lord came to her. Met with her and gave her instructions on what to do. And she said, this is in Genesis 16 and verse 13. Then she called the name of the Lord who spoke to her. And she hears what she called him. You are the God who sees me. The God who sees me. The angels of God following camp round about us. We belong to the Lord today. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. But the second thing I want to share with you is I'm looking at the clock. We're on a spiritual journey. We're on a journey. God has this. God knows it all. He's ordering our steps. Job knew that God was permitting 
this suffering in his life. You may say it was all the devil, but you know what? God's the one who brought Job's name up, didn't he? God brought Job's name up. Have you considered Job? You say, well, why would he do that? When you look at the greater plan and scheme of things, number one, the enemy said, oh, you're, you're protecting him. You're favoring him. You, you're blessing him on every side. There ain't no way. You, you let go of him. You let me touch his life, and he will curse you and die. And God looked down for a second, looked at Job's life, and then looked back at the enemy and said, you know what? Give it your best shot. Because he knew. He knew that his servant Job was like no man on earth, blameless. He knew Job would stand the test of time. And you know what God allowed for Job, what happened in his life so that 4,000 plus years down the road, you and I could be talking about him this morning, that it would give comfort and courage to us this morning, that he would be the example and the model for us in this day and age because it was still going to be relevant today. It's still going to be needed today that we understand that God is still a God. He's a God of 4,000 years ago. The Bible says he never changes. He changes not. The Bible says he's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. That same God is at work in our lives today, just like he was in Job's. He's looking at the enemy. And if you're being trusted to go through the fire this morning, if you're being trusted to go through the flood, if you're being trusted to go through the affliction furnace, if that's happening in your life, then you ought to look up, declare praise and thanksgiving unto God who has trusted you to be a faithful minister and a servant unto the Most High God for the work that needs to yet be done in this earth. That's grown-up faith. Will you thank God where the Bible says in everything give thanks? Will you thank God? Will you embrace the work of God in your life? Will you trust that he's going to use it for your good? It was Joseph that stood behind that little, that little screen when his brothers were there and they had done everything to hurt him and done everything to kill him and left him to die so long ago. And there he was in this mode now over them, a government authority ready to feed them and take care of them. And he cried. Behind the screen as he walked over to his brothers and said, What you meant for harm against me, God has meant for good to the saving of many lives. We've got to trust in this faith that we're in. There's an answer for it all. Somebody says, oh, that's a delicate religion. That's a delicate faith, that Christianity. No, it's not. I can forgive my enemy. I can stand. They slap me on one side. I'll give them the other. I can go one mile, and they'll, they'll ask me to go one. I'll go two. I, I have learned that I can. there is an answer for everything. I am done seeking doctors and do psychiatrists and, and all kinds of magazines and books and, and celebrities on TV for my answers to life. I've decided there's nothing better than this black back holy bible god and his word will take me all the way to glory hallelujah his word will take me all the way home i don't need to fret and i don't need to worry let me just tell you something i believe duran just took a shout and run around the balcony of heaven because he's looking down today i don't know the bible says 
seeing then that you're so surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, I kind of believe that the Lord would give him a, a few minutes to glance down into this service or any of our loved ones at any time to just let them know we're okay. Duran, we're okay. We'll see you in a few days, brother. You hang on and hold the fort. In the meantime, we'll dance our way all the way to victory and glory in God because the enemy cannot defeat us. He's already been won. Amen. There are places in God we can't get to. If you'll come and get ready to help me. There are places in God that we can't get to except through the fire. There are some places you can't get. Don't stop complaining. Stop complaining. Now, I'm not talking about things will be sorrowful, things will be hurtful. And I'm certainly not looking at the current tragedy and saying to Jennifer, suck it up. Stop complaining. No way. But what I am saying to us as a church, it's time to realize and know that through the fire, God makes us white and pure as gold. Through the fire, God takes care of every trial. The Crab family sings a song, Through the Fire, and it says in the chorus, He never promised that the cross would not get heavy and the hill would not be hard to climb. He never offered our victories without fighting, but He said help would always come in time. Just remember when you're standing in the valley of decision and the adversary says give in. Just hold on. Our Lord will show up and he'll take you through the fire again. Over and over and over again. God will always, always take us through. You say, but it's hot in the fire. Yes, it is. It hurts. Sure does. Seems like it's never going to be over, Pastor. I know. I don't like it in the fire. Neither do I. But when it's all said and done, we've got to be determined that we will still obey God in the fire. That we will pass the growth test. And that we will not allow the enemy to gain any advantage over us. We're looking for gold. And here's what's... Here's what's awesome. I was like, yes, Lord, I'm looking for the gold. I'm looking for the gold in this. I'm looking for the gold. I'm going to go looking, Lord. I'm going to go gold digging. And the Lord said, no. He says, if you do this right, if you follow me right, if you obey me, you keep the faith. I didn't say I'd give him gold. Job said, when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. You're the gold. God's going to turn you, your life, your ministry, your compassion. He's turning you into the gold. We're the gold. Oh, man. I'm going to leave you as you stand with me this morning. I'm going to leave you with... One last scripture, Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 1. But now 
Thus says the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not. For I have redeemed thee, I have called thee by thy name, thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. Through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior our rescuer. I don't know where you are today. I know as a church family, we're hurting. We're suffering. And we're going to be okay. The Adkins family is going to be okay. And every family that's ever gone through this, the families this week, the, the Bates family and the Locke family, and the, the Robinson family, we're, we're praying for all of them. They, they're going to come through this. They're going to come through these difficult days. You will come through these difficult days. But you've got to have the reserve, the, the, the endurance that Job did. You need the patience of Job. You've got to have the resolved faith of Job. You've got to obey in the midst of the fire. You've got to say, it doesn't matter. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I, I'm going to keep my nose to the grind. I, I'm not going to look to the left and right. I, I know I don't see him, but I know he sees me. So it doesn't matter what I'm going through. I'm going to keep walking. I'm going to press towards the prize, and I'm not going to stop until I get there. And I'll stop. I'll stop walking in obedience when I hit gold, because then my faith will become sight, and I won't have to do nothing but relish in the glory of God that he's promised. If you and I will have that kind of powerful resolve this morning, then I'm going to tell you there is no devil in hell. There is no earthly wickedness that will dare come nigh your dwelling. But you will be a mountainous Christian, and you will be someone who is absolutely a gladiator and a champion for God. Do you believe that this morning? If you do, put your hands together and give God a great round of applause and praise. You are the gold. You're the gold. We become the gold. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to know who I'm praying for. Our ministers are going to be coming. Ministers from the church, if you'll come into the altar. I don't know who's going through it, but I want to know who I'm praying for today. If you are currently going through the fire, you say, Pastor, I'm going through the fire. Maybe you're broken over the, the, the tragedy of this week. Maybe that's a, touching your life and affecting you. It, it, perhaps you're going through a divorce or you're going through another type of tragedy, another kind of hurt. We're praying for so many, and the Miner family comes to mind as we're praying for Chris Miner, who's in the hospital right now, praying for his life. And perhaps you're going through the trial of your life, and you say, Pastor, remember me in this prayer. I want to be obedient through the fire. That's me. Lift your hand as high as you can. My goodness, hundreds, hundreds of people. I'm going to ask if you would just take another step of faith. We've got time today. 
If you would just get out very quickly from where you are, come into this altar. I'm going to ask our ministers to move through the crowd and begin to pray with you as we come together. Would you do that? Would you step out from where you are? Let's agree together in prayer today. We want to help you. We want to join our faith with your faith and ask God to touch and minister. In the meantime, if you're standing back, would you just lift your hands towards this altar now and let's go before the Lord in prayer and ask him, Father, we ask you to touch every life. All those hands that went up, God, different uh, furnaces of affliction, different types of trial and suffering. God, we ask you to minister to their hearts and lives. Touch them and minister to the very point of their need. Touch them by faith, I pray, in the name of Jesus Christ. Be with them. Touch them by your power. As we never fail, Lord, to give you the honor and the praise, we give it all to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. We're depending on you, depending on you to see us through. Jesus, we're depending on you, yeah. Jesus, we're depending on you. Jesus, we're depending on you. Depending on you to see us through. Jesus, Jesus, we're depending on you. Jesus, we're depending on you. Jesus, we're depending on you, yeah. Depending on you. To see us through, Jesus, we're depending on you, yeah, Jesus, we're depending on you, Jesus, we're depending on you, yeah, depending on you, to see us through. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Precious, oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fountain, no, nothing but the Nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. There's nothing, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood, nothing but the blood of Jesus. Ah. 
We want to pray before we go today. It's a big day. There's a lot going on here, but we want to pray before we go that God will be with us and watch over us. We want to remind you real quick before we go that we are having a meet and greet here in just a moment down in the uh, down in the bookstore. If you are new to our church here in the last little while, you want to come by and say hi, meet uh, the pastors. We'd be more than happy to meet with you and have fellowship for a moment. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you and praise you, Lord, for you are with us. Lord, this week has taught us more maybe than ever how much you are with us here at this church. We thank you and we praise you for your great hand. And Lord, we know that you're going to watch over us and take care of us. Lord, we pray that you would be with us the remainder of today and tomorrow. God, we pray that you would just wrap your arms around this congregation and this families and these that have gone through tragedy this week. We just give you our hearts, our lives, and we are going to be yours. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a wonderful week.